You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture, and often when a passage is very familiar to us, we kind of turn off the preacher, and I've heard it all before, there's nothing more here for me, but I'll guarantee you today there is. One thing about the Word of God is it's inexhaustible. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His judgments. We're going to talk about judging today. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. You can go over a passage of scripture time after time again. You can be very familiar with it and all of a sudden something else emerges there that literally can change your life. I hope that today what I am going to preach on will be life changing for you. A few Wednesday nights ago I mentioned that I had some messages that were in my heart and seeking the Lord as to when these messages should be preached, and this is one of them. And I mentioned what the message was. I've entitled it, To Judge or Not to Judge, That is the Question. And since I put that before the people on a Wednesday night, I've had three individuals come to me and ask me, when are you going to preach that message? I want to hear that message. Well, today is the day, and only one of them is in church. Oh, well, that's the way it goes, doesn't it? Here in Matthew chapter 7, follow along as I read. Now, I'm going to do something today that very few do when reading this passage or preaching on this passage. We're going to go to verse 6, not to just verse 5. Jesus said, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge?" It shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, and considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote of thy brother's eye. Now verse 6. Give not that which is holy unto dogs. Now we know that God is a holy God. Amen? But what besides God would be the most holiest thing you could think of? The Word of God. Give not that which is holy. The holy Word of God. On most of our Bibles, it says what? Holy Bible. Now, isn't this interesting that the Lord Jesus, just after telling us, don't stand in judgment of one another, 
First cast the beam out of your own eye, and then you will be able to see clearly to cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. Would then follow that up with verse 6, which we never even consider in the context of this should I judge or should I not judge question. Give not that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast your pearl before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would add the power of your Holy Spirit to the preaching of your word today. May we understand exactly what the Bible is teaching when it comes to should we judge or should we not judge. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many of you here have a dog? How many of you here have a couple dogs? How many of you here love your dog? Does your dog love you? I hope so. To have a dog that you love but your dog doesn't love you, that's a bad deal right there. No, we love our pets. I love my dogs. They come up and they sit on my lap every day. We pet our dogs. We take care of our dogs. We all, if you have a dog, you love your dog. But back in the Bible times, dogs were not loved like we love them today. Dogs basically back here at this time were very much despised. They were like wild dogs that would run in packs throughout the land. And, and if you've ever been to the Philippines and you've seen the dogs that roam the streets there in the Philippines, they are like the most disgusting animals you've ever seen in your life. They don't keep them as pets. They're going around and eating garbage, and people treat them mean, and some of them are mean. and It's not like that in our culture. But in biblical culture, it's very much the same. Dogs were despised. How many here have ever been around someone who's raised pigs or you have raised pigs? Can I see your hand? Can I tell you something about a hog? It's disgusting too. All right. So Jesus says here, he says, don't give that which is holy. Of course, we know the word of God is holy. Don't give it unto those people who are like those nasty dogs. Or who are like those swine who will turn around and rend you. If you know anything about a hog, they can be downright mean. I will never forget the time my sister and my brother-in-law were raising some pigs, and I went to their house, and they had a great big pen, and they had several pigs that were in there, and they had just cleaned out their freezer. And so I was helping them take all that old, nasty freezer food out there and give it to the pigs. Well, one thing that they had was a bunch of old smelt, uh, in their freezer. It had been there for years. And so we threw all this basically nasty food that had been in the freezer, we threw it out there to the pigs, and you should have seen them go wild over this food. I mean, they were after it. They were pushing and shoving one another. And when we threw the smelt, if you don't know what smelt is, it's a fish. When we threw the smelt in, these pigs started fighting one another over the smelt. One pig literally attacked the other pig and started gnawing its ear off. 
I'm dead serious. When that blood started to flow off of that pig, then the other pigs ganged up on it, and they were literally going to eat this pig. My brother-in-law, he grabbed a shovel, and he went in there, and he was beating these pigs off of each other. You know what they were doing? They were rending one another. Now, isn't it amazing? Jesus just tells us, don't stand in judgment one of another. But then he said, you better judge who is a, who is a dog and who is a pig. Because if you give holy things to a dog, those dogs will turn around and bite you. If you give holy things unto those who are swine, those swine will turn around and tear you apart. You see, many times when we take the teachings of Christ, we only take what we want to take, and then we leave the other. I want you to understand something. We need to take it all. So stop and think. Should we judge or should we not judge? Jesus said, don't judge. But then in the same breath, he said, you better determine who's a dog and who is a pig. James chapter 4 says this. Listen, beginning with verse 11. It says, speak not evil. Speak not evil, one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judgest the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? So in this passage of scripture, what are we told not to do? Come on, I can't hear you. What? Judge. We're told here that God is the lawgiver and he's the one that does the judgment. We're told not to judge by James. But listen to the teachings of Jesus. John chapter 7 and verse 24. Judge not according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Now wait a minute. Are we to judge or are we not to judge? What did Jesus say? He said, judge not, but then in the same breath, he said, but judge with righteous judgment. Let's all turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. We're going to read through chapter 6 and verse 5, a passage of scripture we seldom ever address in the church. A lot of folks have never even heard this teaching. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11 through chapter 6 and verse 5. Paul says to the church at Corinth, But now I have written unto you not to keep company. Now wait just a second. Does any judgment have to take place if you're determining there's certain people that you shouldn't hang around? Yes or no? So Paul is saying, listen, you got to stop and you got to pass some judgment because there are some people that you should not make friends with. Now we have to determine that. We have to judge that. But let's start again. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man is that is called a brother, so he says he's a brother in Christ, 
be a fornicator. He's sexually or she is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a railer, always arguing and fighting or a drunkard or an extortioner. Now watch what he says here. With such a one, no, not to what? Don't hang around them. Now you have to pass judgment on an individual if you're going to do this. So Jesus said, don't judge according to just the appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Let's keep on going. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without or in the world? Do not ye judge them that are within or within the church? So is he telling us to judge those that are within the church? Yes or no? Okay, listen, look up here. Is he telling us to judge one another? So what do you do with those individuals who you're trying to help them spiritually? You're, you're trying to give them holy things. You're trying to restore them in their relationship with Christ. There's some serious sin issues. And ye that are spiritual, the Bible said, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. So here, are you all with me here? So here's an individual, you are deeply concerned about him. Let's say I'm deeply concerned about Stephen and the way Stephen is living his life and the things he's doing, the people that he's hanging around. Now I'm just using him by way of example. Stephen's a good kid. I'm not a kid anymore, he's 18 years old. He's a fine young man. But I'm just using this as an illustration. If I see something that seriously troubles me and I love him, you hear me? And I love him. It is my responsibility to go to him and to try to help him with the sin issues that he's dealing with in his life. Is that not one of the functions of a father for his children? Is that not one of the functions of a pastor for his people? Is, is that not what good friends ought to do with one another? But someone who does not want to deal with their sin. Someone who is unwilling to repent of their sin. Whenever you are dealing with them concerning the sin issue in their life, they will often say something like this, Stop judging me. And the reason they say that is to try to deflect what the Spirit of God is doing in their heart to give a justification for what they're doing or to avoid addressing it altogether. Listen to me here. Those who say to you, stop judging me, you know what they're doing? They're judging you. They're actually passing a false judgment on you because the only thing that you have in your heart is the desire for the good of that person. I hear it all the time. And I think it's because we really do not understand what the Bible says about judgment. Let's keep going. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? But them that are without, God judgeth. 
Now notice what he says here. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Who is the wicked person? He's a brother or sister in Christ who is absolutely unrepentant of their sin. And the Bible says they need to be put out. Now, this is hard teaching. This is not popular teaching. This is not acceptable preaching. But this, you can see it for yourself. Am I misinterpreting this? It is what it is. It says what it says. And then he goes on. He says, Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust. You know it's never right for two Christians to go to law against one another. It's never the will of God. You know why two Christians cannot divorce? Because you have to go to law to get a divorce. And the Bible says Christians can't do that. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? You have a matter that needs to be taken care of? You bring it before the saints. You never take it to court. You know why? Because it causes a shame on the name of Christ. And then he goes on to say here, Know ye not that the, that the saints shall judge the world? One day we will rule and reign with Christ and be given judgment. And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge even what? The angels. Think about that. How much more things pertaining to this life? If then ye, having judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church, I speak this to your shame. It, is it so that there is not a wise man among you no, not one that shall be able to, what church? Judge between his brethren. Does the Bible tell us not to judge? Give me an amen. Does the Bible tell us to judge? To judge or not to judge? That's the question. So even though the Bible tells us that we should not, the Bible tells us that in some cases we definitely should and let me give you some examples of righteous judgment that took place in the Bible. Let's go all the way back to the Old Testament and Moses. Moses is wearing himself out from morning until evening, sitting and judging the affairs of the people of the nation of Israel as they're trying to make it to the promised land. Talk about a distraction. His father-in-law comes to him, and his father-in-law's name was Jethro, by the way. Jethro comes to him and says, Moses, you are absolutely wearing yourself out. The people should not be coming to you. you can't, how in the world can you lead the people when you can't even get off the judgment seat? Here's what you need to do. He said, moreover, thou should provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of the truth, men who hate covetousness. And place them to be rulers over thousands, over hundreds, over fifties, over tens. And set them to judge the people at all seasons. 
So what did Jethro tell Moses to do? You find those men who walk with God, have a good relationship with God, and know the word, and you set them to be judges in the nation of Israel. Should there be godly men in each church who are able to pass righteous judgment on individuals, yes or no? Yes. Paul. He judged and named and spoke out against certain men within the church. Now, you know what we say today? We should never do that. We should never name names. How many would say we should never name names in the church? First Timothy 1, verse 19 through verse 20. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning the faith, hath made shipwrecked. Of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Paul had to bring up a couple names of church members who were causing real issues within the church, and he had to tell the church. He had to pass judgment on these two guys. And he had to tell the church that he had to turn them over to satanic discipline so they would learn not to blaspheme. No, we would say today that is the most unloving thing you could do is to ever mention a name from the pulpit. I'm going to tell you something. That was the most loving thing the Apostle Paul could do to protect his people in this situation right here. I can tell some of you are like, have, you're having a hard time with this. You know why you're having a hard time with this? Because you've believed the world. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16, he said, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philtus. He mentions Hymenaeus again, and then he adds another guy to the list, is Philtus. What's he basically saying? Don't listen to those two guys. Now he had to pass judgment on them, and then bring that judgment before the church people. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 through verse 15, he said, Alexander, here's another, he names he judges and he names. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom be thou also aware. For he hath greatly withstood our words. What do you say? Watch out for Alexander the coppersmith. Now, either it is right in some occasions to judge and even make that judgment public, or Paul was in sin. John. He judged and he named a man who was in error. And he told the church, do not follow this man. Third John, chapter 1. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loved to have preeminence among them, received us not. 
Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he hath pratting against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. You serious? Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. Was Diotrephes good, or was he evil? He was an evil man. He wanted preeminence in the church, and he would literally, those who stood in opposition to him, he would kick them out of the church. John, John judged him and named him publicly. Think about this one with me. How many remember when Paul had to judge Peter for something that Peter did and then he exposed Peter publicly? It's in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11 through verse 14, and he says this, But when Peter was come to Antioch, Paul said, I withstood him in the face. He said, I got right into Peter's face because he was to blame. What made Paul so upset? What did Peter do? Well, Peter was eating with the Gentiles, fellowshipping with the Gentiles, enjoying conversation with the Gentiles. But as soon as Peter saw some of the Jewish brethren coming, what did he do? Does anyone remember? He separated himself from the Gentiles, so the Jew, Jewish brethren would not see him fellowshipping with the Gentile brethren. And Paul goes on to say, so many people got caught up in that hypocrisy. He said, even Barnabas. He said, Peter, you caused even Barnabas to stumble. You know what I think we don't have enough of today? Righteous judgment. Leaders, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, leaders who are teaching false doctrine and who are immoral are to be judged, they're to be rebuked publicly, and they are to be removed from office. Them that sin, rebuke before all that others also may fear. Christians who are unwilling to repent when confronted by their sin. We're talking about serious sin issues here. When confronted by their sin, they refuse to repent. They are to be judged and they are to be removed from membership in the church. Matthew chapter 18. So, church, if you're following the teachings of Scripture at all, are the teachings in contradiction? The Bible is never in contradiction against itself. Never, ever, ever. So to judge or not to judge? That's the question. How many of you have ever heard someone say, I have, and I just recently heard someone say this, the Baptists are so judgmental. How many have heard someone say that?
I don't believe that's true. I believe that most people are judgmental. I don't think you can say, well, because you're a Baptist, you're more judgmental than someone else. I do believe the reason why independent fundamental Baptists are charged with being judgmental is because we believe in holy things. And when you believe in a holy thing and you're going up against a dog or a swine, they're going to bite back and they're going to rend you. But there are times when I have been guilty and I'm sure you have been guilty of passing unrighteous judgment. Some things I want to ask you here. Do you believe in the inerrancy and the infallibility of Scripture? Say amen. amen. Do you believe that God has preserved His holy word for us today? Amen. To all generations, He's promised to preserve His word. Do you believe the Bible is the inspired word of God? Do you believe that the Bible sets a standard, a righteous standard by which we are to live? If you are a fundamental Bible-believing Christian, are you not to be salt and light and speak out against unrighteousness? Yes, we are. Do you believe that we are not to have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them? Do you believe that your preacher should preach the word without compromise and apology? Do you believe that he should be instant in season and out of season? Do you believe that he should cry aloud, spare not, and lift up his voice like a trumpet and show God's people their sin? Do you believe the preacher should do that? All right. If you said yes to those questions that I ask you, I guarantee you, you're going to be labeled judgmental. Someone is going to throw it back in your face. And you know who's going to throw it back in your face? Those who will not accept the holy things. Jesus called them dogs, and he called them swine. And instead of getting right with God, they're going to turn around and try to rend you. It's interesting that the word judge in the Bible is translated eight different ways. You know I do that because the clock always has a glare on it, so I have to see what time it is. And uh, I don't know why I do that, because it really never makes a difference in my preaching when I do that, but because uh, <laughs> it's a habit. But there's eight different words. And I'm not going to take time to read all these verses, but the word judge in the King James version of the Bible, which I believe is the inerrant, infallible, authoritative, inspired, preserved Word of God. Amen. Someone asked me this week if I believed that, and I said, absolutely, and then they wanted to argue with me about it. I said, hey, 
That's why he said, you're barking up a wrong tree. This is one argument. You can argue all you want, but I'm not getting involved in it. And then they said something to me, well, that's just uh, being naive. And I said, well, you know, if you think naive is simple-minded, you just nailed it right there. That's me. I said, I'm just simple-minded enough to believe that God's preserved his word and that we have the inspired word of God today in our possession. I want to tell you something. If I did not believe that, I would walk out of this pulpit right now. Because how would you ever know which passage, which verse is inspired and which is not? Well, anyway, the word is translated to condemn, to determine, to decree, to call into question, to esteem, to pass sentence, to go to law, and to ordain. That's how that word judge is translated throughout the King James Bible. So, you know, over all these years, I'm one to ask questions, right? And so I started asking myself this question, how can you condemn anything that's wrong? If you can't judge, how can you condemn anything that's wrong? How can you determine what is good or bad? How can you call anything into question? How can you pass sentence on something? How can you go to law? How can you ordain elders and pastors and deacons within the church? When it comes to the selection of a pastor or deacon, it says, and I got the whole passage here, I'm not going to take time to read it all, but it gives us the qualifications. Okay? This is what a pastor has to be. It's not suggestions. It says this is what a deacon has to be. It's not a suggestion. It's a qualification. And he tells the church to judge whether these men are worthy of that office. And he says this, and let these first be proved. How in the world could you ever choose a pastor? Could you ever choose deacons if we're never to pass judgment? Well, there's judgment in a bad sense. When the Bible tells us not to judge, it's talking about judging in a wrong way. This is when you pass judgment on someone and you have a prideful heart. You have a critical spirit. You have a condemning attitude. Your goal is to put the other person down. There's, there's never an attempt or a desire to restore that person in their relationship with God or with others. I'm going to tell you, that kind of judgment is the kind the Bible said is always wrong. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. 
So when it comes to passing judgment upon someone, we're, to never, we're never to do it with a condemning spirit. It says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, Romans chapter 2, whosoever thou art that judgest, for when thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. It's that condescending, condemning, prideful spirit. And then he said this, For thou that, that judgest another dost the very same thing. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to see sin in someone else's life when that same sin is in your life? I'm going to come back to that. That's a good point. Hey, that's a good point, preacher. <laughs> Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Not that corrupt, condemning, I'm better than thou. Spirit, can we just drop back to Matthew chapter 7? I'm going to wrap this thing up. Go back to Matthew chapter 7. And let's just kind of quickly, verse by verse, go through the teachings of Jesus about judgment. Are you there? Give me an amen. amen. All right, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Some of you are still going. See, if you were using your phones, I couldn't hear those pages. Verse 1, what did Jesus say? Don't. What? Don't judge. Verse 1 and 2, he says, those that judged will be judged themselves. Right? Verse 3, those who judge fail to examine themselves. Verse 4, those who judge are deceived about themselves. Verse 5, those who judge are hypocrites. Verse 5, deal with your own personal sin, and then you will see clearly to pass righteous judgment in helping another person deal with their sin. And then in verse 6, watch out for the dogs and the swine. Judgment in a bad sense. <clears throat> judgment in a good sense is to put things to the test. Aren't you glad we got a Bible that we can test things with? I'll never forget back when we were in those childbearing years. And my wife would say to me, Dan, I think I'm pregnant again. And I would say, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> she says, no, I think I'm pregnant. And then she'd give me the signs in which she thought she was pregnant. And you know what I'd tell her? Go get a pregnancy test. And it always came back positive. Tell you something, it's important to put things to the test. Judge with discernment. Approve the things that are excellent. Scrutinize 
something before you get involved in it. Search it out. Weigh it thoroughly. And this is how I see the Word of God. I see the Word of God as a filter. If you put it in and it filters through, it's good. If it gets hung up, you better throw it away. I don't think any of us would ever change our oil on our car without changing the filter. Well, maybe some of <laughs> Some of you say, I never change oil. No, it's foolish to change your oil and not spend four or five dollars and put a filter on. How foolish it is to live our Christian life without the holy filter. Are you with me, church? Malachi 3.18 says this, Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Yes, we are to pass judgment, but when we do it, we better make sure it's righteous. Stay away from those critical, condemning, and malicious attitudes that desire nothing but see the other person pushed down instead of lifted up. <clears throat> Remember when we read in Romans chapter 2, those that judge do the very same thing? You may condemn someone else of covetousness and greed, and yet you're temporal valued in your own life. You may condemn someone for being sexually immoral and that you have lustful eyes and maybe even from time to time view pornography online. You condemn others for being bitter and yet you have an unforgiving spirit yourself. I came across this. I don't know who wrote this. I'll end with this. But it's a test. A test to see whether you have that judgmental, critical spirit or not. If a person's failure improves the opinion you have of yourself, you're judging. If a person's failure decreases your concern for the faults you know you have in your own personal life. You're judging. If a person's failure gives you a desire to see that person punished instead of restored, you're judging. If a person's failure prompts you to review all of their past failures, you're judging. If a person's failure causes you to feel 
like you can't forgive them, you're judging. I hope that today's message was received in the spirit in which it was given. I know that for some of you here today, this is the first time that you've ever heard teaching like this. I want to tell you something. If you will take to heart what we have just learned from this holy word, it'll change your life. It'll change your attitude. And by God's grace, hopefully we'll see more people restored. Amen? In their walk and fellowship with God. Let me leave you with one final thought. Perhaps you're here and you say something like this. Well, I don't like it when people judge me. You know how to take care of that? Judge yourself. The Bible says if you will judge yourself, you will not be judged by others. So the next time you're tempted to say to someone who's really trying to help you, stop judging me, Maybe that's God saying to you, you need to judge yourself. The only reason I can think why God waited till today to put on my heart to preach this message is because next week we're going into our revival services. And as we go into those revival services, it's not for us to be judging others It's for us to be doing what, church? Judging ourselves. So each and every message that will be brought to us next week are going to be brought to us by two spirit-filled men that we have known for years. I would say Brother Kaufman is without doubt our favorite evangelist. And though I hate to admit it, Pastor Nono is probably our favorite missionary. Over 20 years, these men have had ministry in our church. And we thank the Lord for their investment among us. But listen, as your pastor... Nothing is going to happen until we start judging ourselves. Don't be a dog. Don't be a swine. You say, I don't, I don't like it that Jesus called me that. Then change it. And let's change it right now. Except every head bowed, every eye closed. 218, honey. I'd like us all to stand where we're at.
You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.